What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Inner Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Travis McKenzie. Today, I'm pleased to bring you day 17 of the I'm Curious to Know project. I'm stoked to welcome Canadian professional cyclist, Alison Jackson. Alison is an immense talent. She has a competitive instinct and a will to win that is unrivaled. She's also hilarious. She's an extrovert with an outstanding sense of humor. This conversation may feel like you're sitting in on some old mates sharing inside jokes, and that's okay with me. It's a perfectly timed laugh that I think we all need right now. It's not all jokes, as we do cover some important issues around gender equality in cycling and much more. I'm grateful to have these conversations with world-class athletes and world-class humans just like Alison. Please enjoy the show. Alison, how are you? I'm good. I, uh, You know what? I went for a ride today and I also made a new TikTok that will be coming out soon. So there you go. Those Perfect. are my... <laughs> Perfect day. Um, now that's a little bit of an inside joke. We're going to add some context and color to the TikTok influencer piece. I want to talk to you about your situation in lockdown. You're in the Netherlands. You're trying to get back to Canada. You've been trying for a bit. Um, tell me about the situation there and what that's been like over the last couple of months. Europe obviously got hit with the virus earlier than uh, North America. For us here, there was a lot of busyness and kind of the pandemic, all those emotions uh, were happening here first. And then it was interesting to then see the delayed reaction in Canada, even with my family and the communities there. But uh, the Netherlands, they had an intellectual lockdown. The government trusted the people to make good decisions with social distancing and, you know, making a good decision if you'll go outside for training or how you'll do that and, and how you'll manage yeah, life with kind of a, the idea of social distancing. So the whole time I was able to ride outside and that already has been such a blessing because I do have teammates that are in Spain and in mm-hmm. France and for eight weeks they've had a ride inside on the trainer. And uh, generally for the Canadian winter, I travel to California so I can avoid the indoor riding as yeah. as much as possible. And uh, what a difference though, when it's so sunny out, like in Spain and France, it's beautiful. And yet you're yeah on the balcony, just sweating buckets. You know, there is a, a bit of a, yeah, that chaos time when mm-hmm. I had other, all other teammates were going home to their homes in Europe, uh, me and my other Canadian teammate Leah Kirchman, we decided to uh, kind of follow, follow the philosophy of, you know, prevent unnecessary travel. And here on Team Sunweb, we have a sports center. Uh, we have our own team doctors. We have uh, a gym facility that's just for us. We can ride outside. So there is a lot of good things here. And yeah, to, to minimize the risk of contracting the virus by through travel and then also being a transmitter for it we just uh, decided to kind of wait it out now this is your you know first few months on a new team as well you were with uh, the tibco team um, for quite a while and now you've moved on to team somewhere which is a you know a very well-known team in both men's and women's uh, peloton mm-hmm. in in the pro tour so tell me what that um that move has been like for you the team is known for uh its structure um, it's thought processes, the science behind, yeah, protocols or whatever. But for in this in a time like this, when everything else is so chaotic and unknown, uh, we have such good strategy to, uh, yeah, keep challenging, keep 
uh, honing our skills tactically on the bike. Uh, yeah, we've had a great situation and a lot of it is, is due to, yeah, the team and how it functions. Yeah, and you've got a really great team, really, you know, with the athletes on the team. You, you talked about Leah, um, you know, who's a Canadian champion. You've got Corinne Rivera on the team, mm-hmm. uh, who's a US champ. So you've got a really an amazing team and obviously some, some great North American talent. Tell me, you know, how that was coming over and having Leah and Corinne and, and some of the other girls on the team as well. Yeah, we actually have a very international team. We've got Nordic riders, Dutch riders, German French, Canadian American um, riders from the UK. There's kind of a special connection with your own countrymen, and some of it is like maybe it's just like the humor. Like you have the same references. We use the same words for certain things, and that's just a familiarity that uh, is really special, and also makes a transition over here living in Europe. A lot of things are different to have that piece of home. Yeah, so actually that's been such a joy to have yeah. both Corinne and Leah here. I'm sure. I had the privilege when I was working at Lululemon of managing some of the relationships with pro teams. So we managed the, mm. the sponsorship for the BMC team and the BMC pro try team. And I used to have the pleasure of going to the team camps and riding and kind of interacting. Mm. And one nice. thing I noticed was the, I'm going to call it the, maybe the lack of understanding of humor on some of the Euro, from some of the European <laughs> So I'm sure that around the dinner table, there's the inside jokes that you guys are able to share that maybe the Euros don't get. Yeah, I mean, part of it's a language thing. Like, it's yeah. uh, I lived in Italy for a year, and uh, oh man, the Italians would be laughing, laughing, and and I just want to be a part a part of like the play on words and the jokes, and I I would have no idea. I mean, I'd be laughing anyway, totally full yeah. full gas laughing, and they'd be like, oh, you understand? And I'd be like, I have no idea, but. Yeah, I, I mean, so part of it, yeah, is the language thing. And then, yeah, also what uh, tickles my funny bone is actually, you know, a different kind of humor than in another country. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that humor because you are hilarious. I'm in stitches when I see your TikToks and your Instagrams, especially lately. I think you've really hit your stride with your, <laughs> with your humor. Tell me about that. It's obviously, you know, you're probably not as busy with racing. There's mm. more time on your hands. When all this chaos is happening, I mean, it's it's serious. For me, I need to deal with that with like with humor. I, I have to laugh to have joy in my life. So then I started just, yeah, really making myself laugh with these things. But man, I was I was really making myself laugh. So I thought I got to share these things. I have so much time on my hands. And then also here I'm alone uh, and we're not hanging out in groups. And I think I'm I'm super extroverted. We did a uh, we did that Myers Briggs, you know, test and I scored yeah like the 98% extrovert. Um, and I just, yeah, love entertaining, love being around people. So then when I'm here in lockdown alone, I just have all this social energy. And so then by doing these silly videos, um, it's very yeah, extroverted type of things. And then I get to share them with everyone and then interact with yeah people's responses. Yeah. yeah so that's been a lot of fun. There's an element of creativity there that's, you know, you're talking about the sponsors, you're kind of engaging in a different way rather Mm. than just, you know, there's a water bottle, you know, on the side of the table and like, thanks to X company for your support, you know, you're pretending to kick the top off the water bottle and put the powder in and all of those things. So you're, (laughs) you're getting creative and actually providing value to sponsors as well, which is, which is important. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're also at this time too, I think 
using social media so much. Our sponsors are, are what keeps the team going. So there's a lot of value in that. But yeah, I know that myself, I am really creative. And so even for me, it's just like, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to like do these subtle things. And uh, mm. I've also had great responses from from the sponsors messaging me just being like, we same thing, we're in stitches. Can we share this with the office? Like all, all this stuff and spreading joy to everybody in such a weird time that it is. Yeah, I think it's special. I just, as you were talking then, I remembered um, another thing from the time at the camps that I would used to, so obviously at the beginning of the season, all the new sponsors and the old sponsors come in and they give their PowerPoint presentations and they talk through their products. Mm. Uh, and when I was at Lululemon, we we used to try and keep it a little bit fun. And, you know, I wouldn't be like, here's the fabrics we use. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. It was like, <laughs> let's see who can do the longest plank or let's see who can like arm wrestle and beat the other person. So we'd try and have fun with it. But I remember uh, at one camp, I think it might've been Power Bar or one of the other sponsors was coming in and some of the guys had actually fallen asleep sitting and listening to the presentations from the sponsors that were hilarious. So I'm sure that there's probably some of that that goes on as well. We are just like, come on guys, like step up to the plate and give us some value. Yeah. Well, also if you've been on the team year after year and it's the same presentation over and over and you're like, man, like the young guys need to hear this or like that guy needs to hear this, but I've, I've mastered this. Maybe that's your next gig, like a sponsorship consultant. How can you, um, totally. spread joy for products within teams yeah you know I've also thought too um, sometimes like uh, with pro cycling it's a very it's on an elite level like it even some of the product I mean, the products we use or yeah some of the bike stuff or the testing that we do you know in the winter I mean the yeah. the regular population isn't going to do that but a lot of these products are fantastic for a range of amateur athlete mm-hmm. to pro but then how do we like bridge that gap sort of and i think uh, yeah when you make it relatable um yeah. it helps yeah people understand i guess how to use a product better tell me some of the differences between the teams you know obviously tipco is a, a north american based team so you, you probably spent quite a bit of time um you know i know you went to europe as well but now with team subway somewhere you're more based in europe i mean the world tour the women's world tour there's not even a race anymore in uh, North America. So uh, it's very rich being here right on course to Mm -hmm. a lot of the races and the climbs, but also my teammates and the staff have done these races year after year after year. So the experience alone, yeah, is a a super rich thing to be on the European team and also the other girls that, yeah, live, live on the climbs that are here. I mean, our uh, Sunweb, uh, team house it's in the Limburg area yeah the Amstel gold course then is is yeah next door neighbors to us so riding those roads over and over getting that feel in your legs be, having it memorized the turns all of that is uh, a step ahead for when we actually get into racing the UCI released you know a revised schedule I think what the plan was August 1st to start racing again um, with a you know a truncated season where it's racing back to back weekend after weekend what are your goals for the the remainder of the year let's say that the the season goes out as planned well I uh, just love racing so I've never had such a time ever in my whole career to just be training so much so just getting in the races I'm so excited and also when I signed with Sunweb the one thing I was most excited about was to be on a team that has these winners we have winners on this team we have people yeah. that are make the finals all the time and i just really wanted to play the tactic sunweb one of the, their what the team is known for is is really good tactics and, and 
managing the course and the players. Um, and I just want to be a part of the game. Yeah, whether I get to be a leader or in the support or a final rider or whatever, I just am so excited to, yeah, put, um, yeah, the tactics to use. Because I think, I mean, that's what drew me to cycling because I was the triathlete, I was the runner. And the, like, I love the physical part of those sports, but it's not very tactical. It's, yeah, how fast can you go? You know, how fast can you run that one mile? How fast can you do, you know, the laps in the triathlon? In cycling, it's not always the strongest person that wins. It's this mind game and how you play with the team and you put the people in the right places at the right time and how you manage your energy. Yeah, so I'm just really excited to play to play the game with Team Sunweb. But also, we have a new race. It took a pandemic to get us a Perry Roubaix race. So, um, but and that's in October, and that is like full cobbled race. It's going to be the worst weather in October, probably <laughs> if it runs. Obviously, a very storied men's race, um, mm-hmm. which is cool that you know, not cool that it took a pandemic to to do, to get it done, but um, cool that you'll yeah. have the opportunity. Hopefully, tell me about mm-hmm. how you're reconciling that. You're a competitor. You love the tactics. You love being in the game. Um, you know, there's these whiff races that are, you know, there's not as much. You've got your power ups and you've got all these things, and there's weight doping and all of these other issues that people are bringing up. But how are you reconciling right. that competitive instinct? I expend a lot of energy in TikTok, but the, but <laughs> I don't get that competitiveness. But actually, with our team internally, we have uh, our uh, yeah, keep challenging games. So we actually have a running omnium between. Um, my colleagues. So each week we have a new challenge and this is actually put on by, by our staff, by our, our director. And uh, yeah, so we've had like challenges like uh, the bunny hop or what is the smallest yeah. thing you can pick up off the ground, um, which I've also made those into a bit of yeah. fun videos too. Uh, so that's been really fun because also that's, yeah, competing some of it's like a little bit silly, like how long can you track stand um, you know, so you're like pushing to your limits on things that you're like, what do I need to have a 12 minutes track stand? Is that really <laughs> going to help me in the bike race? Well, <laughs> uh, so we've been doing that. And then also we've, uh, so we actually do some race prep and then <laughs> we are separated into teams and we actually are, and we're playing with different teams and we're trying to like think of the bike race and it's just a real fun game. Also, uh, I was riding on one of the climbs here and there was, he was probably 10 years old. <laughs> And he's riding, riding up, coming up beside me. Maybe he's like, oh, I run a ride with the pro. And the the city sign was just 20 meters ahead. And I look at him and I say, are we racing? Yeah. <laughs> are we racing? And then a totally full gas sprint. <laughs> but I look over cool. at him and he, he goes, you won. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like gave him a water bottle or like gave him a push up the hill or like gave him some presents. No. Can't beat up on kids. It's not okay. <laughs> the competitiveness <laughs> has become like this ruthless competitiveness. Kids are going down. I'm just winning anything. Old ladies in the grocery stores, you're racing through the <laughs> yeah, aisles, like pushing totally. them out of the way. Kids are fast though. Yeah. Um, and they're super light, so they can just tap, tap, tap away. That kid is coming after you though. You know that for sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's the one that's looking at the TikToks but not liking them. Yeah. <laughs> he's, re- he's reporting you for inappropriate <laughs> <Yeah>. TikTok behavior. <laughs> I've completely lost my mind here. I have no idea what I'm going to ask next because this is too funny. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your background, your triathlon background, and and did you ever kind of imagine that you wanted to be a professional cyclist? I know that you were a runner, you moved into triathlon. Really, I just want to be a pro athlete. If mm-hmm. someone told me 
wow, you had the build, the body type. You could be world-class rower. I'd be like, sweet, sign me up. Let's yeah. see what the body can do. That was my approach to athletics, really. But then I also had this uh, Olympic dream. And so triathlon, my swim was never good enough, really, to make, you know, the Olympic team. Like, I, I um, yeah, won the amateur yeah, sprint distance, world championships. So, okay, maybe, yeah, Ironman, I can make out a career of that. Maybe uh, running too. I, um, yeah, times were going down, times were going down, never plateaued, had a great coach. And I also never did just running or just cycling or, or you know, when I had the triathlon. So, so they were kind of like unexplored things. Yeah. And, uh, but cycling, yeah, 2014, the club team that I was on just kept, the guys kept pushing me, you got to race, got to race. Uh, so yeah, I raced, uh, BC super week, uh, just on the, yeah, guest ride. And they're like, well, you know, if you can make it halfway yeah. through that, that's really good. These are hard races. And, uh, the first race I was second. And then it was just really like people who knew me, um, had some good references. I just waited and got the call, uh, from, uh, yeah, the team 2016 yeah. and, uh, yeah, they looked at some of my running times and thought okay there's some potential there well yeah and they offered me a contract this is it that's the sign I should I should choose cycling and uh yeah I made it to world championships and got to race for Canada that first year yeah I think also like when you start yeah you ride for other your teammates they have more experience Uh, and then the the race the first race that I got the opportunity uh to win myself I did and then I got more opportunities and then, you know, it's, yeah, just building on building on building. Amazing. Did you have, do you think you have the natural ability in the Peloton to ride in the group, to know the moves, to, to follow the tactics, or do you think in the beginning stages, it was your engine and your athletic ability that kind of got you to where you needed to be at the right time um, or both as it kind of both developed over time? It's uh, hard, really hard for a lot of North American athletes to go to Europe and, and start racing in the Peloton where it's there's so much chaos and, and the bike handling is uh, super important. And mm-hmm. we don't get that so much in North America. The Peloton's smaller. The roads are bigger. Yeah. So I think actually for me, I think that was a, a, my talent, really. Right. And the rest of it, I'm really good at learning and working hard a lot of times when I was a runner I would never say I was the most talented but trust me to work so hard that I bridge that gap yeah to the most talented and it might take me longer but yeah I you know I'm gonna do it I think I just love winning (laughs) do do most athletes do probably but but uh yeah we also have this word like kamikaze um yeah (laughs) right and I think that's me a little bit in the in the bike in the race peloton just uh yeah i'm gonna go all all in and you know risk that gravel corner i don't know what uh to see you know yeah see what happens in the end there has to be some kind of a compet like innate competitive instinct in you that does that because i you know i, t- I get to mm. talk to a lot of a really amazing athletes and i i constantly say this the ones that are the best in the world or the ones that that win the most are the ones that have this like you just described this attitude that it's kind of win, win or not like win or no matter what, like you, you're going to d- throw your nose in that corner for the opportunity to be there at the end. Do you think it's innate or is that like a learned behavior that you have? What I think it is. So I came from a small town, 4,000 people, but 
when you're come from a small town, then you end up doing every sport so that there can be a sport team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's not that many people. So I would always be the best at every sport that I would do. I would, I would win. But then I think now, um, and actually Scott, Scottish athletics did, um, yeah, a survey of who were their best athletes and where did they come from? And they found that a lot of athletes from these small towns carried this winning mentality because you were always winning. And so now that it's, yeah, it's a, it's a feeling, a drive and also a confidence. I'm good. I can win. And when you repeat that over and over this winning feeling, and then, yeah, you take it to a harder level where you, you carry this confidence uh, that I'm going to, yeah, whatever, I'm, whatever it takes, I'm going to, I'm going to be the winner. And, you know, if you come from a big city, you, there's going to be a few people that are sport talented. So the percentage of winning is less. And then you kind of get, you get used to winning, but you also get used to losing. You get used to kind of being that third, fourth. Yeah. So maybe you don't have that confidence, that winning attitude that you take with you. Yeah. Every level that you go. So I, I really see that true in, in my life, whether that's like a scientific fact or not, but I really see that true in my life uh, growing up and getting this winning feeling, the winning experience, and then taking it through every level of my career. From my experience growing up in Australia, it, it mm. was kind of the opposite. The people from small towns um, or the people who were big fish in mm. small ponds actually struggled as they got older or they got into bigger competitions because they weren't the best and they kind of, um, you know, fell off because they all of a sudden they weren't, you know, winning or they weren't the best. Right. So. So my dad would tell you that it's because I was a farm kid and we had to work hard. We were in the dirt. When I was a kid, I had to pick rocks by hand out of the fields. (laughs) And so, so maybe it's like this hard, you know, this work, work hard, that kind of work ethic. See, I would also say I'm not, I'm not super talented. I think I, I always had to work to get there. So maybe I wasn't the first one to get it, but I would practice three times where they would only do it once and then I would get it. That sort of uh, mentality too has, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be just one thing to get to uh, success, uh, but I think, yeah, a few of these things together. So it's a perfect storm for you. You were picking rocks, you were um, hauling dirt for no reason. (laughs) Your dad had it all sorted for you. Just work you to the bone, put you in every sport, uh, and, and then you're going to live in the Netherlands and be a professional cyclist and TikTok influencer. Now, I'm getting a sense that I know what this answer will be, but I, I know that your husband gave you the nickname Action Jackson. Tell me what mm-hmm. that's all about and, and kind of where that, that came from. When he proposed and well, OK, I said yes. But then I was really thinking, do I want to change my <laughs> name? I thought my name was pretty cool. It's like my maiden name was Farcash. And it's kind of like unique. But Jackson is so regular. There's a million Jacksons out there. So then, then I thought, oh, it's not as cool. But then he said, but then you can be Action Jackson. And I thought, <laughs> you're right. I am Action Jackson. <laughs> My wife kept her maiden name, um, Phillips, because I can't, I don't have a rhyming, there's nothing that rhymes with McKenzie that's exciting. Like, no. Maybe I'll change yeah. my name to Jackson or something else and then <laughs> we can be on the same page. So the Canadian, Linda Jackson, she owns the yeah, team Linda. Tipco Silicon Valley Bank. And yeah, she's national been Canadian national champion seven times. Uh, so in the sporting world, a lot of people know her. Well, <laughs> then I would be going to races in Europe. And I mean, fans in Europe, they have photos from the 70s, from the 60s, 
they have these photo albums. They came, would come up to me with a photo of Linda Jackson when she was racing and be like, is this your mom? Will you sign this for us? And I was like, there is no relation. <laughs> there has to be. You have the same last name. There has to be something. And we're, and we're both cyclists and I'm on her team, like for sure. And then Linda would get so upset. She's like... <laughs> No, can't I be like an aunt, a sister? Why a mom? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about um, your TikToks. Let's go back to TikToks. I'm an observer. I enjoy mm -hmm. TikTok for the hilarity and some of the craziness and stupid stuff that's on there. I just don't get it myself. I don't know if I don't have enough humor. I I don't know. I don't. Tell me how to get started on TikTok. A great way to use TikTok is to learn some dance moves. You can do it where you can film yourself like half the speed, no, even half a half a speed. So you can go super slow and just copy the people and learn the dance moves and then speed it up and it might look okay. TikTok actually has so many filters, uh, songs, facial things, exchanges, green screen. Uh, so there's so many things just to play with. Most people just like copy what they see and then they make it themselves. When you can do that, but then make it, uh, interesting or put your twist on it that's like new then that's uh mm, that's when i think you those, those are the winner yeah the winners my daughter is probably the funniest person i know except for you um and she is a she she's amazing at repeating my dad jokes that i enjoy telling her um so i was doing them on instagram uh, as a daily joke people really loved it i found that i was becoming a stage mum and i was setting the scene too much and i was okay yeah um, mm. so i had to step away it might be my avenue to TikTok stardom is by yep. uh, having my daughter show show up for me. But then I feel like that's exploiting my three-year-old. So <laughs> It could be. This is what we'll do. You're going to record the voice yes. and then you're going to send it to me and I'm going to act it out. Okay, done. This is, the gra this is why this show exists because yes. we're changing the world. <laughs> we are changing the world. One day at a time. One TikTok at a time. Okay, so we've solved the TikTok problem. I'm going to record the dad jokes. You're going to use them as a voiceover. All right, time to end then. We're going to go make some TikToks. No kidding. <laughs> um, I want to I want to cover some more here. We talked about the team. We talked about being on Sunweb. Sunweb's a you know obviously in a, a winning men's team as well. They've got an incredible team there. Um, you guys obviously have access to the same facilities. You mm -hmm. have the I'm assuming the same doctors, and you've got you know a great um set up there that, that you guys enjoy tell me about obviously the you know the equality in women's cycling there's not as many races the prize money's not there all of those things it doesn't have to specifically be about the team but it's obviously a challenge you're looking at the guys going off mm -hmm. and racing and they're you know they're getting more coverage and all of these things it was super strange for me to go from triathlon or and running to cycling because triathlon if there's a men's race there's a women's race they're they're yeah. always on the same time do I, I know the times of the men and they know the times of the best females. Same with like running. I know the best mile time for male athletes and I, and they also know the best mile time for females. So then coming to cycling when it, it just really was this, wow, such a disparity between men's cycling and, and women's cycling. There, there's such a deep history of the men's side of racing here in Europe, but then also it's just stuck. So it's been interesting being in, in a lot of conversations about this. Um, there's also, you know, a lot of like tweets and things when we talk about, look at the prize money difference or like, look at what the top, the top male athletes are, are having. Yeah. Million dollar salaries. The, the top female athletes are having 
10 times less than that, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So what I'm actually uh, has been really great in the last couple of years is um, we have, there's a a union, the cyclist Alliance uh, that Irish Slappingdale, a great athlete. And she, she created this uh, along with two others. Really what they're doing is, is advocating for women cycling, but also instead of just, yeah, sending out a complaint, like, why is there the disparity or like this sucks or this is terrible. Someone change it. They're actually taking the steps, having the conversations and working forward to make something happen. So they've already created, uh, yeah, put together, you know, for a a minimum salary for women cycling and for the world tour, they have legal advice for contract negotiations for athletes, even in this COVID time, having conversations with the UCI, like we want to be involved in how our sport league is run. We want to think creatively. Uh, we've yeah. got a good thing going with women's cycling that's different than the men. We really want to share that with everyone. We want to help tell the story of the bike racing because when you know the players, then the whole the whole league gets more uh, exciting and interesting. And I think I'm not the only fun character in women's cycling. So many females are multifaceted athletes. Uh, they've got great stories of humor and knowledge and master's degrees and, and really interesting personal sides. Uh, but also even like the competitiveness, a sprinter versus sprinter. There's so many stories to tell yeah. um, that are really being missed out because it's not yeah presented uh, the same way as the men. But yeah, I, I, I'm at least... Yeah, I'm a part of the Cyclist Alliance and and they're actually working through how can we do this and uh, not just complaining, but we're actually each year seeing improvements uh, in the environment and in how the league is run and how athletes are taken care of. One thing that always comes up for me is the coverage and the opportunity to create characters out of the athletes and create fans. Mm. I think the hard part about cycling is everyone looks the same. Um, you know, there's no real recognition. You haven't got numbers on your back. You can't, it's really, unless you're, you know, one of the people that are winning time and time again, there's so many people who don't get the, the, the kudos or the coverage that they deserve and there's no way to recognize them. So I've, you know, I've always thought, how do we better create characters out of the athletes so that you can Mm -hmm. become fans and you can become attached to that person and follow them along as well. One way is you can follow me on TikTok. (laughs) One way is to have a dual career of professional cyclist and TikTok influencer. Yeah. But actually, you know, what I think would be great if we could do is uh, so that, you know, the WWE actually does a great job of storytelling. Yeah. And if we could somehow take that uh, into our sport so that we can have these rivalries that, you know, we're okay with talking about a right. We're not so, we're not so uh, concerned with, yeah, the professional image, like we're professional cyclists, everything is good, but really get into, yeah, the storytelling, the struggle. I think that yeah. would be, uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like we could keep this going forever, but uh, I'm going to let you go. And I have three questions that I do want to ask you before, uh, before we do go. And I've asked the same questions every day. Uh, they're kind of softballs. Number one, what's one thing that's changed for you during this lockdown Uh, intellectual lockdown that you've experienced um, Mm -hmm. that you want to keep once we go back to whatever this new normal is um yeah actually for me probably be just like making silly videos I think it's so positive it's so positive for me I I really love doing it and also yeah I think it's a fun way to spread 
joy. Don't ever stop. <laughs> um, number two, what uh, what is one thing that you thought was important before lockdown that you're happy to leave in the past? In the lockdown, I have more time, I guess, just to sit with myself, like a quiet time or whatever, meditation, if you will, but just, just even uh, listening to music. But listening to music, actually, yeah, this is it. Listening to music, like an album from first song to last, uninterrupted, not just choosing which one you like, but really try to listen to the story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, normally I think I just wouldn't have time. I would move on to something else. So, you know, we have the planning for the next race or traveling or whatever. Um, but I've really enjoyed, yeah, doing that, listening to the story of music. What's been the best album that you've listened to from start to finish? Pink Floyd off the wall there you that was go. A, that's it's a great story i've done the same thing actually it's so funny you talk about mm. that but my choice was would be kanye west graduation <laughs> okay all right i'm gonna that's I'm gonna a story scroll through go, that. go for it go start to finish it's uh okay there's a story behind it i I'm, I'm into it and the other one would be um hendrick lamar as well um mm. the album names yes can't remember the album name. It was kind of his first breakout, but the the story because the song every song kind of goes into each other. T I paperwork paper paper trail. Yeah, that yeah. also that album is a great yeah. album. I agree. Start to finish. Yeah, I've literally like that's my I should show you my Spotify. That's literally like exactly how what I've been doing, and it's all rap music because that's all I listen to. So <laughs> Pink Floyd might be a stretch for me, but okay, yeah. <laughs> It's got a great story and different, very different musicalities. It's been third good. question, third and final question. Um, what's been your most memorable moment of joy during intellectual lockdown? Probably every more every day, every afternoon, I am waiting by the phone after my ride. I'm just waiting until my husband wakes up, and then we have a a, a chat while I get to watch him drink his coffee and eat his breakfast. But actually, mm-hmm. um, normally. Okay, so we we chat quite often when we're um, yeah in different places, but usually we see each other more often. Either he travels here, I travel there. Um, so yeah, if we miss a few days, then yeah, we know we're going to catch up. But now th- this uh, for the whole COVID, then it was like, well, really, actually, I don't know when I'm going to be able to travel back now, and flights yeah. are being canceled, and and so then it was like, and also things were changing every day, right? Every day you'd have to you check like, what's the new update? How many cases are there? What yeah. What's a, a new regulation that's coming about? And uh, so then, yeah, we kept, kept this up every day doing this. And it really became, I mean, he is my favorite person. He actually makes me laugh more than myself, more than anyone else uh, in the world. And uh, so actually that has been, yeah, my biggest joy. I Well, I want to meet him if he's funnier than than you are yourself, then I'm sure we'll get along just swimmingly. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You're awesome. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate you joining the show. It's been a lot of fun um, and I can't wait to create TikTok history with you in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks for the laughs, Alison. It was exactly what the doctor ordered. I look forward to creating some TikTok content together in the future. Thanks also to you for listening. It's a privilege to have you here and I hope you'll continue to join me throughout May as I bring you more of the I'm Curious to Know project with daily episodes for the remainder of the month. I'm Travis McKenzie and this is the Inner Voice Podcast.